Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. To launch season four of Montessori in Action podcast, our topic is dual language and Montessori. We have two guests who have recently written articles about this unique combination. Gabriela Aterald Esparajo, the biliteracy coordinator at Montessori del Mundo, wrote The Science of Reading for Bilingual Children, which appeared in Montessori Public's recent issue. Sally Ness, the Director of Admissions at Intercultural Montessori Language School, wrote Dual Language Montessori Education, The Pathway for Peace, which appeared in Montessori Life. These two educators unpacked some of the complexities of schools that offer both Montessori and dual language programs. Welcome to Montessori in Action podcast. Thank you both so much for being here. Will you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Sally Berger-Ness, the Director of Admissions at Intercultural Montessori Language School in Chicago. Hi, I'm Gabriela Iturralde. I am the Biliracy Coordinator at Montessori del Mundo, and it's a pleasure to be here with you and Sally today. Hmm. I'm so excited to open this conversation with both of you about the connection of dual language and Montessori. And I'm curious how you found your way to that very unique combination. So I wanted to be a teacher really for as long as I can remember. My degree is in elementary and special education. uh, And then I spent six years teaching in traditional settings. I really, really loved what I did, but I found myself at times uh, just feeling weary of continually pushing against the grain. Mm. And I was really curious to explore learning environments that were a little more closely aligned with my philosophy of education. Mm-hmm. So when we made this big move to Chicago almost 10 years ago, it really felt like an opportunity to explore something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested in Montessori education, but honestly stumbled upon dual language Montessori mm-hmm. by accident when mm. I was hired to teach elementary at an, uh, in an elementary classroom in, at Intercultural. And I quickly began my 6 to 12 Montessori training and just never went back from mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I've worn a number of hats, including campus director. We have two, two campuses, one in Chicago's West Loop and one in Oak Park. Uh, so I was the director of our Oak Park campus for a number of years. Uh, I'm currently the director of admissions, and I've also been a parent at our school. And I think each of these very different directions has only worked to affirm the path that I've chosen. Hmm. And how about for you, Gabriella? I found my, my way to dual language first and to Montessori later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to work for a year in a Mayan Spanish uh, school in Guatemala, and it was an amazing experience. It transformed me personally, professionally. But to be honest, 
Most of the time I was just improvising. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the skills. It was really hard. I learned a lot, but it was really hard. So when I moved to the U.S., I did a master's degree in bilingual education. And then mm -hmm. I learned about all the benefits of dual language, eh, how to do it right. And I mm -hmm. just fell in love with it. So when I had my son, I was looking for a dual language program. And I found Montessori del Mundo. And it was amazing because I was already in love with dual language. And Montessori mm -hmm. was just the perfect fit for the program. And I think dual language is powerful, but with Montessori is twice the power and it's really an amazing model. So that's how I fall in love with dual language Montessori. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both. That's interesting coming from two, from through the two different doorways to the same place. So you both have recently written articles about dual language. Um, Gabriella's in uh, Montessori Public and Sally's in um, Montessori Life. And I wonder if you talk about your inspiration for the article you wrote. Sure. So I feel like our classrooms are magic. It's not a sales pitch. It's really what I feel each day um, when you enter these vibrant, uh, diverse environments where students are not only uh, engaging in the Montessori um, piece, but they're also learning in another language. It's, it's really incredible and it's something that you want to share. Um, and then I, I also I spend a significant amount of my day talking to families about their hopes and their dreams for their children. Uh, and then also being a parent of three, also spend a lot of time thinking about that for my own children. Mm -hmm. And I guess in this increasingly globalized world, I think knowing more than one language and being regularly exposed to cultures and traditions that might be different from your own gives children such a unique perspective from an early age. And I think in a really special way opens up the world to them. Uh, sometimes it feels like this, this little secret. And I often find myself wondering like, why isn't everyone doing it? Um, because it's so amazing. Well, I, I found my inspiration when I read the fall issue of Montessori Public that was dedicated to reading. And I was enjoying it. It was very interesting because they were talking about reading in the Montessori classroom and how to use the science of reading and the benefits and the challenges. And as I was reading, I started feeling the same as Sally, maybe, that I wanted to share what we are doing because our program mm -hmm. is very unique and the needs that our emergent bilingual students have and the learning process are different. So I really wanted to share and tell the world that don't forget that uh, there are programs like, like ours, like mm -hmm. Sally said, that are magic, that have mm -hmm. a lot to, to give. And also don't forget about our emergent bilinguals that are present in every classroom in the U.S. And sometimes, frequent times, they're overlooked and not really um, paying attention to their unique needs. So that was my inspiration. 
In your article, Gabriella, you mentioned the sort of complexity of dual language and Montessori in the different needs driving each of those programs um, that creates what we hope is a healthy tension, right, between the individualized instruction of Montessori and the need for more structured um, group instruction in the dual language program. And I wonder coming off of that, if you have any recommendations for people for creating these strong dual language programs that honor the needs of both programs? Well, I think, and based on our experience at MDM, we have had to balance between this direct instruction, especially with some characteristics of language, like phonics. Like students need mm -hmm. this repetition and direct instruction, but also do it in a small group so we are more respectful to the uh, Montessori philosophy that we go on our own ways, let's say, or that, that we respect our <laughs> philosophy. But it's truly uh, a challenge to... Mm -hmm. uh, wh what I usually think is that we do everything in two languages. So mm -hmm. it is really hard because we don't have enough time to do everything we need in both yeah. languages. So sometimes mm -hmm. to be more efficient, we need to do whole group lessons or things that go against our Montessori uh, methodology, but that are needed so we can cover all the, the things that we have to. So it's really hard to balance and it's, it's a tension, as you said, but that's, and I don't know if that answers your question, but we, we're trying to, to be more uh, strategic in what, in the uh, things that have to be taught directly, explicitly, mm -hmm. and with a lot of repetition to really mm -hmm. be effective for the children. Mm -hmm. What I hear you saying is that's a lot about time management, exactly. right? Uh, uh, really structuring your time maybe more than you would need to if you were only doing one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Sally, what are your thoughts for creating strong dual language Montessori programs? Um, I think I resonate so much with what um, Gabrielle is talking about because there is that tension and uh, we've been, I don't think accused is the right word, but um, faced, faced criticism that you're not Montessori enough mm -hmm. and it's not mm -hmm. a real Montessori school. I, ha I had a conversation just a few days ago, but you're not a real Montessori school. And I said, of course we are. Mm -hmm. We're an accredited Montessori program, but it, but but there is, there is this tension between, um, because there's so much content to cover. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think the level of planning it requires mm -hmm. is just to a, another level. And it's, um, it's not easy sometimes. It's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as teachers and as administrators to, to find a way to again remain true to this, um, to the Montessori method while having um, a lot of academic pressures. I think finding ways to creatively talk to our parents um, that, that shares a, the full picture of what um, their child is learning and the progress that they're making and, and 
really setting these reasonable expectations uh, is so important. Um, I think that as you are looking at um, building a strong dual language program, things like this become so important. I think seeking out other people who are already doing the work, um, learning from their successes and mm -hmm. also from their struggles. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that so far we've really focused on uh, all the joys of this work and it is incredibly joyful. It's incredibly meaningful, but it's also really complex mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, there's ranging uh, from finding these and retaining these highly qualified Montessori certified right. native speakers of the target <laughs> language and then creating mm -hmm. these truly dual language environments yes uh, and so with that um, there it's it's not easy work and there's there's so many pieces. Uh, that are in play. And then again, coming back to this idea of um, the importance of parent communication. So we have the addition of dual language. And so there's really these two major pillars to our programs, mm -hmm. the dual language and the Montessori. Mm -hmm. um, and at least at Intercultural, we found that usually parents are attracted to one of these mm -hmm. pillars and it's usually the language. Uh, and so finding... Uh, and then because of that, they know a little less about the Montessori. So finding ways, especially early on, to educate parents about Montessori mm -hmm. becomes especially important, I think, in these dual language settings. Mm -hmm. And Gabrielle, in terms of the success of the program, is recruitment and hiring also a, an issue at your school in terms of that piece? Yes, it is. We we. In, at MBM say that we are looking for a unicorn, that we want a Montessori trained bilingual teacher who has the certifications to be a teacher in Colorado. So it's really hard to find the unicorn. So our strong dual language programs need to go back to what Maria Montessori taught us, the triad. And the prepared adult is the first one. And we need prepared environments too that include both languages, materials in both languages, but not only that, that they give the same value to both languages and cultures. And that the environment is also the social, emotional, and the psychic environment mm -hmm. that is welcoming to every body to every culture to every language that's that's key and the child and with the child in dual language is very important that we have uh, children that are native speakers of both languages because they serve as language models to their peers so ideally we have a 50 50 community and a, a diverse community in at mdm we have a lot of children that are not native speakers of English or Spanish, that they have a third language at home. So it's important that we have a diverse community to really create this dual language that we want to, to create that is inclusive and diverse. I love using the lens of the triad to think about the strength in building a dual language Montessori. Thank you. We invest a lot of our time in training our staff because we 
hire people, a train them and give all the professional development that we can. And the, the challenge also of retaining them is, is there because I don't know for you, Sally, but a lot of our teachers are in the U.S. with a visa and they can spend certain time here and then they have to go back to their countries. So that's a challenge. And well, also the resources like the payment, you know, all, all that plays against us. I think finding ways to support teachers becomes especially important. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, we, we always say that they're the heart and soul of our school, and it's true. Mm-hmm. It's why families stay, and it's uh, the, when you, the visa issues, and, and even having um, most of our teachers call somewhere home that is not the United States. So when a family member becomes ill or um, when they are expecting mm-hmm. a child um, or things like this that that everyone faces in mm-hmm. their schools um, take on an added weight, I think, um, at our schools. And so really investing, we invest heavily in our assistant teachers, um, Many of our lead teachers started with us as assistant teachers, so mm-hmm. really finding mm-hmm. ways to build um, strong programs mm-hmm. from from within, yes. I think is is in a in a very um, in a maybe in a different way becomes more important in your dual language programs. Mm. So the school based adults super important, um, and Gabrielli called them unicorns, so rare, right? So finding, keeping, cultivating your community. Um, and then you mentioned earlier families. And I wonder if there are things that you do to support families in developing reasonable expectations for a child learning a language that's not their first language. So what kind of family education? And Sally, you talked about educating them around Montessori. What, what, what's the dual language companion to to that piece in terms of supporting families and understanding the mission of the school? That's a great question, and it's so important. Uh, I think this is an extreme, but I will never forget one of the early conversations I had with a family um, whose child entered our Mandarin program. Within a week, she asked how much Mandarin her daughter had learned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, probably not a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think helping parents to understand, because we do, we part of when we talk about dual language, we talk about the absorbent mind and we talk about the sensitive periods. And so I think, and while this is that's such an important time to learn language, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. Right. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And um, while every child, of course, uh, is, is an individual in the way that they acquire language, there are certain things that ring true for most children. And so I've started being really intentional when I talk to prospective families to, to talk to them about. So you can usually expect that in that first year, your, your child is going to be coming home and singing. Uh, they're going to be using some vocabulary, uh, and, and helping them understand that, that being able to produce on their own takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times students are reluctant, um, just as we are as an adult to, um, to express themselves in, in another language. But 
to trust the process mm-hmm. uh, is mm-hmm. so important. And so I think building again across both for Montessori and for dual language um, is 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 so important to do. And it's something that I've really found uh, to be important to do kind of in that onboarding process and, and finding ways to do that right away so that families are entering our school and our program um, again with this with this clear as much as and some of that will come with time but to have um, at least uh, a foundational understanding of what to expect uh, I will echo uh, Sally and we we try to work very close with the guides and the family so we help them understand that this is a process that learning a language takes time and each individual has a different uh, bilingual development we call it the bilingual trajectory and each trajectory is different so we help parents uh, understand that when we uh, send them the report cards because as a public school we have to give them a report cards we we send uh, both languages in parallel so we have a report card that we created based on the uh, Montessori playbook the assessment playbook from the NCMPS and what we do is that we share both languages in parallel and we make sure that the parents understand that in dual language it's normal that one language is higher than the other and we work on transferring skills from one language to the other so we make sure that all children are growing in at least one language in every area and then uh, we help them transfer the skills that they already have in one language to the other so we don't reteach or relearn the same concept twice, just give them the mm-hmm. vocabulary and the key uh, tools for them to transfer that uh, knowledge from one language to the other. And we help parents understand that. So they have expectations that are accurate mm-hmm. for the amount of work that the kids are doing because it's twice the work when you're learning in two languages. So we do a lot of work with them. Uh, with that, we have parent coffees every month in which we share not only the dual language part, but the Montessori mm-hmm. too. Because as Ali said before, uh, a lot of parents come to our mm-hmm. schools because of the language and they don't understand the Montessori philosophy. So mm-hmm. we really share with them what mm-hmm. is that we do. So we make sure that the methods used at home and at school do not contradict each, each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was aware in re- reading the articles too about sort of the hidden growth of the dual language learner, right? That there's this delay and um, where what you both are saying about the amount of faith that families are asked to bring to this. And that's often true in just standard Montessori schools that they're being asked to put faith in that their children will become independent, they'll become functionally independent, that their children will understand how to manage their time and resolve their own conflicts, right? And that it isn't going to happen in a minute. Um, and there's not a, you know, a pacing guide for these tasks, but that everyone has their individual trajectory. Um, and that we're 
asking of this faith for both sides, the dual language and the Montessori, astonishing, astonishing, the, the work that you're both doing in, in the schools um, to support families in continuing to be part of your programs. I'd love to end our conversation in thinking about some of the joys, which Sally, your, your article is very much focused on, um, the joyful aspect of this. And there is a, there is a lot of, um, of work there and it's done for some of the reasons that you name. But I wonder if you'd each talk a little bit about the, the complexity leading to this abundant joy. Sure. I think without being too repetitive, the greatest joy is without a doubt the children. Not only mm-hmm. watching them develop the social and emotional uh, and academic skills in the way that the Montessori curriculum so richly provides, but then we have this added layer and added benefit of acquiring another language. Uh, mm-hmm. At Intercultural, our mission is to develop confident, multicultural, multilingual children who respect diversity and community and who are caring, capable, enthusiastic, and committed to a lifetime of learning. And we get to see it lived out. Uh, And I think Mm -hmm. watching our children become these global citizens makes every challenge that we encounter along the way so worth it. Uh, I believe Mm -hmm. that what we're investing in is a better tomorrow and that feels really hopeful yeah i think that the joys are multiple and i really like sally's article because she talks about a peace building and i think that that's very important Mm. for our programs and uh, creating diversity centered communities that really value not only the independence that we foster in Montessori, but the interdependence also between all the languages and cultures. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's one of the powers of this model that integrate that independence and the interdependence as well. So I think it's really a powerful model and seeing the kids grow with this mindset, it gives Mm -hmm. me hope that they're going to build these kind of communities when they are adults. Right. So that Montessori idea that the children are the future. Well, this has been a lovely conversation. I appreciate both of you having just published your articles coming together to meet each other. Um, We are going to start in September a dual language collaborative to continue this conversation. And if you're listening and you have an interest in dual language, you can also join the collaborative and continue this conversation with Gabriella and Sally um, on a once a month basis to keep thinking and talking to each other about how do we strengthen um, so that the joys are abundant and that some of the struggles are getting figured out together. What are the resources we have? What are the strategies? Um, what are the materials companies, even some of the basics? Um, so we'll have an opportunity to build that community of practice over the 23-24 academic year. So thank you both for participating as um, beginning members. Thank you for having us today. It's been a pleasure. 
Yes, thank you and thank you for starting this group that is so needed. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.